seated. This uh, morning we are ending our four-week series on going fishing, the, the gospel's fishing stories. And each week we've looked at a different story that either involved fishing or was about fishing or um, had two fish in it or this week, uh, again, another, another fishing story. And, and so as we come to the conclusion of this series, I want to invite you and let you know that next week we're beginning a new series called Life Apps. If you've got a smartphone, you know what apps are. Well, it turns out when we read the scriptures, there are full of apps, applications, life applications that we need to learn and to, and to study. And so we're going to begin that next week. That's August the 7th. Also on the 7th, we're going to have Promotion Sunday. We're going to be honoring our, our fourth graders and our ninth graders. And so we encourage you to be here for that uh, next Sunday. So um, when, I, when we began this series, I, I told you about a fishing story that involved me and a friend. We were, we were on the lake. We had gone fishing at his in-laws. And I told you that we had put a couple of poles in the water. And while I was fishing on one side of the dock, I suddenly, you know, I hear this splash, and my, I see my pole is gone. My pole was completely gone. Uh, a big old fish went with it, and um, I lost that pole, what I thought was forever. Come to find out, my buddy went back to his in-laws the next weekend. I'm telling you, this sounds like a fishing story, like one of those, one, one of those fishing stories, but it's not. He went back next week with a buddy of his to his in-laws. They went fishing. His friend didn't catch a fish, but he did catch my fishing pole, so I got my fishing pole back. <laughs> but I got a story that'll completely top that. On Memo- doesn't involve me. But Memorial, Memorial Day weekend, 2012, a fishing tournament took place in Florida. Eight wounded warriors, uh, former military who had been injured, were invited on boats with pros uh, who were fishing for tarpon. And Jack Wiseman uh, was one of these wounded warriors. Jack had lost uh, one of his arms in combat, and he had a special prosthetic that allowed him to snap on different pieces for his hand. He had a special one for fishing, and as he was fishing and trying to reel in the tarpon, the fish not only took his rod and reel, but it also took his prosthetic hand attached to the rod and reel. After all this is said and done, his buddies were joking to him that, you know, he was going to be a legend because he was the only one who lost an arm fishing during this tournament. But the story doesn't end there. When they got back to the docks, a rival fisherman showed up to the docks, comes back and asks if anybody lost a hand. (laughs) You see, the rival fisherman had caught the tarpon that got away from Jack, and the fish still had the rod and reel with his hand attached. This morning, we're going to be talking about second chances. There's always a second chance, whether it's with getting your your rod back, getting your hand back, or getting your life back. What I want you to know this morning is that God is the God of second chances. He's always waiting there on the shore for you and me to jump out of the boat and swim towards him. Anybody ever experienced deja vu? Ever experienced deja vu? 
It's a French word, a phrase that means already seen. And it's the idea that you have this strong experience or this strong sense that you've already seen what you've just saw, like exactly what you've just seen. I've been living in our parsonage for a month and a half, and I've already had a few deja vu moments, and I don't really know, understand how that happens because I've only been there a little bit. But science and scientists say that they boiled it down to its one eye seeing something a fraction before the other eye, which creates this deja vu moment. We find here in our scripture this morning, Peter is having a deja vu moment. If you remember, we started with the passage of Luke 5, and there are tons of similarities between this passage in John 21 and Luke 5. You remember in Luke 5 and in this passage, the disciples had been fishing all night, and guess what? They didn't catch a thing. Nothing. Also, Jesus tells the, the disciples, tells Peter where to cast their nets. In Luke 5, he tells them to um, catch in deep water. Peter says, you know, Jesus, hey, listen, we've been, catch, we've been doing this all night. I don't know what you're talking about, deep waters. There's no fish. And then, turns out, there's some fish. Jesus tells them in John 21, throw it on the right side of the boat. It's like, yeah, we, we've done that before, Jesus. <laughs> we tried both sides, the front and back. In both instances, there's this miraculous catch of fish. In Luke 5, there's so much fish that the nets begin to break and the boats begin to sink. John 21, the hull is so large that they couldn't bring in the net. We later learn when Peter goes back that there's 153 fish. You know what? Just one time, I want to go fishing with Jesus. Just one time. Like, really? Just one time? Can I experience what the disciples experienced? In both instances, there is this recognition of who Jesus is. In Luke, Peter goes from referring to Jesus as master or could also be translated as teacher, to eventually calling him Lord. And then in John, it begins with Jesus is unrecognizable to them, and then they end up calling him Lord. Peter has this deja vu moment with Jesus. I got another question is, why do we find Peter out fishing again? Why is he out fishing again? We know that that's what his career was, but... I thought in Luke that Jesus had called him out of fishing for fish to fishing for people. Yet he's reverting back to his old ways. Well, here's the thing. Peter had denied Jesus three times. Three times in public while Jesus was being arrested and tried, people recognized who Peter was, that, hey, you're one of the disciples. You follow, you follow Jesus. And three times... Peter publicly says, no, I'm not that guy. I don't know who Jesus is. And you remember that moment in Scripture where it seems like Peter and Jesus, their eyes meet, and he, he realizes what he do, has done, and the, the rooster crows. And So Peter has denied Jesus. And so it seems like Peter and the other disciples, they fled, and they've, they've obviously gone back to their old way of life. You see, Peter had two choices. He's got this deja vu moment. Here we are again. Uh-oh, here's Jesus. He's got two choices to make. He could stay in the boat and stay in his shame, or he could jump out of the boat and swim towards Jesus. 
This was Peter's second chance. We'll, we know later in this passage that Jesus would have that famous conversation with Peter, and he would ask him three times, do you love me? And it's like Jesus is using those three questions to, to, to kind of remove those three denials, and he kind of reinstates Peter. We're going to hit on this in a few weeks, but it was, it was Jesus' way of, of reinstating Peter and saying, Peter, you are forgiven. You see, God is a God of second chances. We've all been there, haven't we? We've all been there. Or we're going to be there when we have a deja vu moment, a spiritual deja vu moment when we realize that, hey, we've been here before. We've been here before. We've spread other gossip before. We've sat in front of the bottle before. We've sat down at the computer screen and this side and that side. We've, we've been jealous of them before. This wasn't the first time I let my anger get the best of me. We've been there before. We've committed the same sin, the same mistake. We, we're acting the same old way that we used to. We realize our mistake. We've had those deja vu moments. And it's in those moments that we have two choices. We can stay in the boat and stay in our sin, or we can jump out of the boat and swim to Jesus. Some of us are stuck in the boat of our own sin. Just as Peter had reverted back to what he knew and what was comfortable after denying Jesus, sometimes staying in our own sin is, is just more comfortable. It's what we know, and while we know that it's, it's hurting us and it's hurting others around us, it's just what we know. It's just familiar. It's comfortable. And so we stay in the boat and we stay away from Jesus. Yet Jesus is still there waiting for us on the shore. He's sitting by the fire waiting for us to jump out of the boat. He is a God of second chances. We only have to look at the scriptures to know that God is a God of second chances. Almost the entire Old Testament is about God giving his people second and third and fourth chances. Have you ever read the book of Judges? You ever read the book of Judges? Just read it and read how many times God's people, they turn their back on God. They get invaded by another country. They plead for God's help and they turn back to God. God rescues them. They have a time of peace and tranquility. And then the cycle repeats itself. They sin against God, they get invaded, they ask for God for help, they turn to Him, God rescues them, they have a time of peace, and over and over and over again. Yet God continues to save them, to rescue them. And, and we get to the New Testament and, and the coming of Jesus and His life and His death and His resurrection. It's all about God giving us a second chance, giving us new life, forgiveness of our sins. Now there's going to be a final judgment. We talked about that 
two weeks ago, where, where, where the second chances, they're, they're going to be done with. We talked about God's going to separate the good fish and the bad fish, the good from the evil. But until that day comes, there is time to get out of the boat and swim to Jesus. Now, I may very well be stretching this a little bit. It's okay, you can just dismiss what I'm about to say. I think there's meaning in what Jesus tells Peter. When he says to him, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some fish. Perhaps Jesus literally meant the right side of the boat as if they'd been fishing on the left the whole time. I mean, sometimes Jesus means what he says and says what he means, but I also think Jesus uses his, chooses his words carefully. Maybe Jesus meant something more. Maybe Jesus was alluding to himself and how he makes us right with God. And Jesus was standing there waiting for Peter and the disciples to come to him so that he could make them right with God. Oftentimes we think that we can get ourselves right with God. I can do it. I'll Pull myself up. I'll get, I'll do it. I'm going to get right before I start coming to church. I don't want to be a hypocrite. That's simply not true. And it's a lie. Because we can't get right without Jesus. It's not possible. He's the one that helps us get right with God. He's the one that makes us right with God, not us. Jesus simply calls us to make that first step out of the boat and start swimming towards him. We are never too far gone from God's love. No matter your sin, no matter your mistake, no matter your past, it is never too great, too big for God's love. We serve a big, big God. That's got a lot of love to give. And so nothing you've done is too big for him. Remember, our God is a God of second chances. Amen. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you. We thank you for second chances. Father, it's my prayer that we wouldn't take them for granted that we would seize every opportunity that we have to turn our lives around. To turn our lives over to you. To get out of the boat and swim to you. We thank you for your son who makes us right with you, who is there standing on the shore waiting for us. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.